The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads. You've got the H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on those dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or the third-row seating gets your whole family in to experience the thrill together. The dual wireless charging pads make sure that no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead cell phone. Think about those adventurous activities you can do, like me taking a ski trip up with the family, maybe going on a camping expedition, anything and everything. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Hey there, it's Gary Parrish. Welcome back to the CBS Sports Ion College Basketball Podcast, where we sometimes discuss camel fighting, dodo birds, and leaky black. Matt Norlanda is here with me. If you're watching live on YouTube, please smash the like button like you're Brandon Davis. You have consent, and while you're smashing, let me, let me remind you what we got going on over a 10-week span. It's called the Summer Shootaround, and it's a series during which we're going to focus on 20 notable teams over a span of 10 weeks. Two per week, 20 teams in 10 weeks, and we're going to do in the schools. We're going to do them in alphabetical order. We've already knocked out Alabama, Arizona, Arkansas. Now we turn our attention to Auburn, Auburn Tigers. They went 28-6 last season, won the SEC, got a two-seed in the NCAA tournament, lost to Miami in the round of 32 of the NCAA tournament, finished 12th uh, at, at Ken Palm. From that team, they obviously lose uh, two NBA players, Jabari Smith, Walker Kessler, plus Devin Cambridge. So they're losing three of the top seven scores from that SEC championship team. But they do bring back Katie Johnson, Wendell Green, Alan Flanagan, Zepp Jasper. In total, six of the top nine scores are back, adding a five-star big, Johan Traore, adding Moorhead State transfer Johnny Broom. I've got Auburn ranked 13th in the top 25 and one. We'll see what Deadleg thinks of the Tigers next. But first, a word from our sponsors. Are you looking for a new basketball shoe? If so, this is Gary Parrish here to tell you that the New Balance 2-Way V4 features the groundbreaking use of fuel cell technology with fresh foam creating the ultimate combination of rebound and cushioning. Every step feels explosive and dynamic, and the upper construction features a lightweight textile that's supportive and breathable. So whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the 2-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the 2-Way at newbalance.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, dead leg. Where are you at on Bruce Pearl's Tigers? Do you love them, like them? Do you have big questions? First of all, this is our fourth episode. SEC heavy, my man. Alabama. <laughs> now Auburn. We just did Arkansas, Arizona mixed in. We are doing this in alphabetical order. So we will be spreading the love to other parts of the country soon. We'll have another pair of episodes next week and two more after that and two more after that. Plenty of goodness to come here. I think you can make a case that we, we just did Arkansas. Uh, I could be talked into Auburn being better than, than Arkansas this season. Pretty close overall. How about this? This is Parrish, This is Pearl's ninth season at Auburn. It, fe- it does not feel like it's been nine years. I, I remember when he was 
working in the media was at ESPN. I would, you know, I literally talk to him about like media stuff. He, he'd call up and, and just talk, want to talk game prep. Have you seen this team? I'm going to do their game. Like I, w- I went to a Manhattan Hofstra game. Maybe it was. And like he was on the call like a Friday night in February or something. Maybe it's Iona Manhattan. And I just can't believe it's basically been a decade since that happened. He obviously arrived to humongous fanfare. And at this point, I mean, yes, there has been plenty of uh, plenty of noise off the floor. Auburn, you know, had an assistant that was um, charged and pleaded guilty. Chuck person in the FBI scandal. They were ineligible for the 2021 NCAA tournament, but you know, he took them to a final four in 2019. They've made a couple of second round runs. I was there in person when they got knocked off by Miami they really laid an egg against Miami in the 22 NCAAs. But overall, Pearl's 166 and 97 at Auburn. That's a 631 win percentage. I'd say on the whole, he's done his job. Um, before I mention the, the team ahead, I did see him as well on the recruiting trail. Got to talk to him for a few minutes. And uh, I asked him, like, you had to, like, a, a part of you had to be like, uh, you know, a, a little annoyed, if not bummed, that Jabari did not go number one because, you know, up until 24 hours before the draft, it was all indications were that Bruce Pearl and Auburn were going to have the number one pick and Auburn's never had number one pick. And he said, yeah, you know, we've got certain things, you know, around our locker room and facilities. And one of them is make history. And he was really hoping uh, Jabari Smith was going to be able to make uh, history for himself, for the program, for Bruce and going number one. But he raved. He actually raved about the spot he wound up going, which understandably so. He's going to have a lot of opportunities there. Now there's no Jabari Smith. Then there's no Walker Kessler. Also a first round top 20 level talent and someone that I actually think is going to have a long lasting NBA career. So without them, what do we have from Auburn? Well, we got a lot of, as you mentioned, GP, we do have a lot coming back here. Uh, now Smith and Kessler, them leaving means that Auburn, which had a claim to really like a top two, top three front court in the country. They don't have that anymore. Katie Johnson and Wendell Green coming back. And Alan, Fl- Alan Flanagan, oh, by the way, was Auburn's best player a couple of years ago. So can he have a big bounce back um, type of season? I don't know. We'll see. Zepp Jasper, I actually think, has potential to be top top three, top five defender in the SEC. But can Johnson and Green remain entertaining, maybe get a little bit better in their shot selection, and in doing so, bring Auburn to that next level? You know, this was until really Jabari got there and Kessler had his breakout. A lot of it was small guard you, right? Bruce Pearl recruited to this program specifically because there, there just wasn't a lot of uh, capability of bringing high level, not five-star, not four-star level talent. And so they recruited the guys that had a chip on their shoulder that Bruce Pearl saw on the trail. You know, this guy might be being recruited at like an 810 level or something com- comparable to that, maybe an American level. But we think he can be a, a difference maker for us in the SEC. And you that's still kind of represented in Johnson and Green. Granted, you know, Green comes by way of, of Eastern Kentucky. And some of this has been through the transfer portal. I, I do think it it kind of seems obvious to say, GP, but I do think it's just a reality here. Like, those guys were very good, Johnson and Green. They combined to average 24 points a game. But they've got to grow up a little bit more and, and help their teammates around him. Because some of this last season was... Smith's great shooting stroke, really wonderful shooter, not a great playmaker, but he, you know, 17 points a game. And then Kessler averaged 12 and it was defensive player of the year, you could argue. And and many people did. He, he, he won that award in the SEC and got recognition nationally. Do you agree? Katie Johnson, Wendell Green, like the, those guys have to take their games to the next level to get Auburn to a place where 
we're not going to expect them to be a two seed parish, but you know, if they want to be in that three, four, five seed conversation, they can't be the same players they were a season ago. I absolutely agree. They've got to be better. They've got to be more efficient. Like if I just told you blindly, there's this team, they won a power conference last season, got a two seed in the NCAA tournament, and they're bringing back their starting backcourt, both of whom average double figures in points. You'd be like, woohoo. And I say, okay, but it's Wendell Green and Katie Johnson. You'd be like, I don't know. They're, fr- they're frustrating players. Um, and I know Auburn fans got real frustrated with them last year because when it was closing time, often, it, you know, because, because Jabari – we talked about this on the podcast. It was a weird thing because typically in final minute tie game, you're trying to get your ball to your best player. Auburn was in this weird situation from a roster makeup where their two best players weren't really guys you could just throw it to and say, go make a play, you know, because yeah. Walker is a traditional big and, 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 and Jabari, it, it was, it was more of a catch and shoot guy, transition guy. He wasn't going to, you know, bounce it and create his own shot too often. So a lot of that burden uh, fell on the shoulders of Wendell Green or Katie Johnson, or I guess you could argue in Katie's case, uh, uh, Katie's uh, uh, case, he 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 put he put it on his shoulders. Yes. Like there, there there were times late in games where it's like that, that dude Auburn will either win or lose if he makes a shot or misses a shot because he's not getting rid of the ball. And so they've got to be better. Um, you know they they. You know, Katie Johnson shot 29% from three last season on 4.6 attempts per game. Wendell Green shot 31.7% from three on 5.5 attempts per game. So those guys are shooting combined roughly 30% from three, but taking like 10 a game combined. That's not good enough. They've got to be better. So that goes without saying, I think. The interesting one, and you mentioned it, um, Alan Flanagan. Like, that's the X factor to me. Like, what is he? Because he was terrific as a – junior or sophomore two years ago he was terrific he averaged 14.3 points five point rebounds per game and then he injured his right achilles and had surgery in september last september and and then didn't return to the lineup until december 22nd so he missed all the preseason at least a lot of the preseason um missed most of the non-league portion of the schedule and when he came back he played but he was not the same player. Shooting percentages were down across the board. He never got comfortable. So if you're an Auburn fan, what I think you're hoping is that this is a very normal thing when it comes to lower body basketball injuries. Um, the first year back is not, you're just not the same. But the next year, you can you can start to look a lot more like what you looked pre-injury. And if you again, if you're Bruce or anybody on that staff or an Auburn fan, that's what you're hoping, that Alan Flanagan this upcoming season looks like Alan Flanagan from two seasons ago. Yes, if that can happen, then what I said at the top, maybe that can be true. Maybe Auburn winds up being a little bit better than Arkansas. Um, Auburn defensively has been very good uh, going beyond just the past couple of seasons. Um, Overall, uh, they've, they've been a team that's been able to uh, have some good frontline protection. We'll see if that's the case. You mentioned Johnny Broom. There was a little, there was more than a little, like when he had a really good freshman campaign at Moorhead State and he opted to come back, obviously, before coming coming here to Auburn. Um, 
you know, NBA people were at least intrigued. You know, I'm not saying this guy had first round buzz or anything like that, but there was like, you know, there might be another NBA guy coming out of the OVC here. Uh, can he make that jump? And he can he be the kind of defensive player that I think I think they're probably going to need uh, him to be. To my point overall, Auburn was 20, uh, 37th nationally, 2018, 36th nationally in defensive efficiency at Ken Palm, um, 55th two years ago. Last season, uh, or excuse me, two seasons ago, they were just okay, and then they were ninth overall in defensive efficiency. A lot of that comes from their ability to play well around the rim, and uh, that combination with uh, their smaller guards has, has made Auburn kind of consistently like a, a very fun team to watch. Uh, ever since they've been making NCAA tournaments, starting with that 2017-2018 year when they were uh, when they were a four seed. Remember that team had Jared Harper, Bryce Brown, Mustafa Heron, Chumo Kiki was on that team. Like they've had, they've been able to get like quality players. And, and Bruce Pearl coaches a pretty entertaining style with this group. Beyond that, Broom, you know they 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 have. Uh, a class coming in that's that's okay. It's certainly down from last season, but getting so many pieces back, like I think Jasper is going to be. You say it's Flanagan to me. It's Jasper. Whatever. Uh, pick your poison in terms of who the X factor is. Uh, there's there's enough there that I think Pearl is. I think he's rightfully excited about what's there. And you know, I mentioned this with Bruce when I talked with him last week. You know, I don't know if I ever. Uh, mentioned it on the pot or not but like a year ago like i you know as i do with plenty of coaches i kind of hit them up when i'm doing my rankings just to get a sense of where they think they'll fall in their league and what their roster looks like now make sure there's not you know an injury situation i'm not aware of and when i talked to bruce a year ago he said you know if i had my media cap on right now uh, i think slotting us around 30 for what the purposes of what you're doing matt like i think that's probably fair um they outperform i think it's fair to say and bruce would admit like the team outperformed his expectations they got a two seed even if they fell short of making the sweet 16 uh i think going into this season uh, i did not ask him this over the weekend because i don't think he knows but i bet you he probably thinks something similar which should give you optimism if you are an auburn fan where his teams have had a habit of maybe getting off, you know, to something of a slow start a little bit and then and then really picking up momentum. That might be the case here, but it's going to be all Johnson and Green as far as I'm concerned. Like if if they can become all SEC first team level guards and be more efficient, be more responsible, know when to pass, when to distribute, then yeah, I mean, I think there's I'm, I honestly perish I think there's a great potential for us to open a few podcasts talking about this team and those guys. But can they get there? We're going to have to see it uh, once the games get going. Yeah, when I mentioned Flanagan as an X-Factor, like what, what I mean, often when we talk about X-Factors, it's like, can this guy make the jump? Can this guy? I, with Flanagan, what's a little different here is like, we just, we have seen him be an all-conference level player. He's done it. Yeah. We don't have to talk about like, can he be that someday? He was that once upon a time. Can he get back to that? Is he the guy from last season or the guy from two seasons ago? Is he the guy pre-Achilles or post-Achilles? If he's the pre-Achilles Alan Flanagan, he goes from being a whatever player on last year's team to an all-conference level guy uh, for an Auburn team that I think has a higher ceiling if 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 he is that player from two years ago as opposed from last year. And then, I, you know, the big unknown is, I mean, I guess every freshman, you know, the, 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 the it's interesting when you uh, – 
you say five star this, five star that. Well, as as we've talked about before, all five stars are not the same. Like Johan uh, Traore is a is a five star big. He's also ranked twenty sixth in the class of two thousand twenty two. Like yeah, is he actually a five star? That's what we're getting at here. Like I I, I don't know. Like, yeah, like we we, t- we five stars in a class GP, right? I mean, yeah, like. In the class of 2023 right now, I only know this because I was working on something last night. There are 21 five-star prospects. In the class of 2022, there were at least 26 because he's 26 and listed as a five-star. So he's like he's right on the border of four-star, five-star guy. So what's that going to look like? You know, How impactful can he be as a freshman? We'll see. But um, Johnny Broom is the other front-court guy. For as little as Auburn will be in the backcourt, 5'11", 6 foot with Green and Johnson, they can be big up front. 6'10", Johnny Broom, 6'10", Johan Traore. Um, and Broom averaged, I mean, he was one of the most productive bigs in the country last year. 16.8 points, 10.5 rebounds, 3.9 blocks per game. Now, that came at Moorhead State. Can you translate that to the SEC level? Probably not exact. Like, he, he, I'll, he's not going to average 16.8, 10.5, and 3.9. But can he do... Can he do 13, 8, and 2.5? Like, if he could do that, you're never going to lose Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler, or at least it's very difficult to lose those two guys from the front court and get better. I mean, what are we talking about? But you can't – Auburn did about as well as you can do, replacing those two guys with, again, a technically speaking, a five-star freshman and – uh, one of the more heralded transfers that that hit the transfer portal. Auburn's going to be a top 20 team. I think Broom's got to be 80% of the player he was at, at Moorhead State uh, in terms of production level. Get to that. Uh, if he can do that, then I think they've got a chance. All right, as for the schedule, GP, I don't know if we're going to talk about Auburn too much uh, in the first month of the season. They don't have anyone of, of real note. In fact, their first their first team is probably St. Louis. That's a home game at the end of November. They do have Memphis, uh, in a, in a neutral site. And then they're at USC, at Washington, at West Virginia. The USC-Washington games are one trip uh, week before Christmas, and they're at West Virginia for the Big 12 SEC. I think that could help Auburn from a resume standpoint. If they can get two of those three on the road, which is no gimme, if they can get those, though, losing one of those probably won't matter whatsoever. They're setting themselves up well there on the back end after a soft uh, start to the schedule. Oh, by the way, the SEC league schedule has already been shared within the league. It just hasn't been announced as we are recording this podcast. There's a chance it's actually come out since we've recorded this, so keep that in mind. If it hasn't, I would expect it literally any day now. They're also going on a tour next week, GP. They're going to Israel. So they're going to play the Israeli U-20 national team. They'll play a, a select all-star team, and then they're going to play the national team. Those games will be on the SEC network. Bruce Pearl is very uh, proud of his Jewish heritage and tweets about it frequently, talks about it. uh, And he is taking his team on this trip, not just for the basketball, but for them to to get a a real education on world history, religious history. He's not afraid to talk about uh, the very tense political nature between everything that happens in that part of the world uh, with Israel and, and, and basically everything. But that's not why... I'm bringing this up. I'm bringing this up because Anata can play this here. Um, he recently talked about <laughs> the one thing his players might need to be most aware of is when they go in the Dead Sea. Nata, go ahead and cue it we'll up. We'll also be doing the Dead Sea. The guys will get a chance to go to the lowest place 
on Earth and, and float, and hopefully they'll be smart enough not to splash or fart, because either one of them can be painful. All right. Oh, you think you oh, you don't think farting's an option. I'm just 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 try it the Dead Sea. It's not a good experience. I didn't believe him, so I thought I'd go ahead and try it. Nah. Okay, so I had Parrish, I had no idea this was a thing, and I did a quick Google search on it. So there is someone who appears to be a local guide who has a has some tips about this. Here's the deal. I had no idea about this. It says no peeing or farting in the water. Shouts to rotomguide.com. Orifices tend to begin burning if they're left long enough in the water of the Dead Sea, and this speeds up that process. Pearl himself apparently didn't believe this, went for it, and came to regret it. This person uh, running uh, Rotom Guide. This is not Rectum Guide. This is RotomGuide.com, just in case you heard me correctly or incorrectly. He said, my first time in the Dead Sea was when I was five years old or so, and it was pretty awesome until things started burning. I ran out screaming. You're also not supposed to shave before going into the Dead Sea 24 hours for the same reason as above. The, the salinity level of the Dead Sea is like nine times saltier than the ocean. By the way, did you know the Dead Sea is the lowest land point on Earth, you know, in relation to sea level? Lowest land mass on Earth. Thoughts on the Dead Sea and uh, not farting in it. What is the point of being in a body of water if you can't piss and fart, you know? That's why I wanted to bring this up. This, this is know? the take that I knew that you would have. I'm 100% sure I would try it. I, of course you would. I mean, like, I, I, stuck a, I stuck a freshly sliced jalapeno directly on my eyeball one time. <laughs> you, you think I won't fart in the Dead Sea? Get out of my face. <laughs> you got to try it, man. I, wa- I would walk into the Dead Sea and pull my own finger. <laughs> I would stand up on the lowest point on Earth and pull my own finger. Oh, how dare you? Well, listen, they, they say not to. I, you know, we'll, see if it, we'll see how good Pearl's coaching is with all of this. I spent I spent the overwhelming majority of my life doing things people said not to do. This isn't going to hold you back, huh? No. Chances, is, chances you ever get to the Dead Sea? Um, seems unlikely. Two percent, maybe. But but I am a world traveler, so maybe maybe someday. We, we do like to bounce to that part of the country, part of the world, rather, and uh, go to places we've never been. And so if we live long enough, maybe that'll be one of the places we want to go that we've never been. Apparently, it's so salty that you just you just you can't even really swim in it. Like it's that it's that it's that thick. You OK, just, I got, how, about, how about this? How about just not get in it? If you can't do any of the things that are fun. Hey, swimming's not that fun. Can't fart, can't piss. Maybe like let's just skip it then. How about we just skip it? It's. I don't know. It's a body of water unlike anything else on the planet. I think it'd be great to go in and, and go experience it. You it know? sounds like it would be a horrible thing to experience. Sometimes you got to go through something horrible just to say that you did it, right? You can't bring jewelry in. The, the salt the concentration in minerals is so high that it, it can help uh, dissolve your deal. You're probably right. This probably isn't worth yeah, it. Yeah, it's probably, it probably sounds like something like, you should skip. You borderline go blind if you splash someone in the eyes of the, with, this, with this water, by the way. Yeah, right. how about this? How about just, let's, like, let's, let's, somebody says, hey, why don't you come over to my house and uh, go swimming? I've got a nice pool in the backyard. You say, cool, that sounds great. Um, I'd love to. We'll be there. And then they say, okay, but just a couple of things. Um, can't really swim in it. Um, <laughs> don't shave for 24 hours before you get here. Uh, don't accidentally fart. For sure, don't 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 urinate and uh, don't get it in your eyes and make sure you don't have it'll ruin your joy. You just be like, dude, I, I, I how about let's let's find another pool. 
You know anybody else with a pool that, that doesn't have all this stuff going on? I'd skip the Dead Sea. Okay. Fair enough. Hey, listen, I just thought I'd, thought I'd bring it up. Bruce Pearl, good luck. That's all I got on Auburn Hoops, my man. Shouts to Devin Downey. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Shouts to Hook Larnell. Thank you guys once again for listening to the Island College Basketball Podcast. If you're not subscribed, please go subscribe anywhere you subscribe to podcasts, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Over to Apple, please leave five stars. Nice review. Type some words. There's more of us than there are of them. And we will be back uh, very soon with a normal episode of the Ion College Basketball Podcast where we just sort of discuss maybe the Dead Sea again. You know, yeah, you never know. Yeah, maybe or the Red Sea. Or, or the, maybe we'll just, we should start wrapping every podcast we with, should a, not. with a five-minute discussion on body different bodies of water. That would be a change from discussing different bodies. So I, I would go with that. Yes. Okay. Fair enough. So we're going to do that later on this week, and then we'll be back next week with two more episodes in the summer shoot-around. The two schools uh, up next, Baylor and Creighton. Talk to you again later this week. Till then, take care. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.